Welcome to the GMAT Strategy Podcast. You're here because you believe there's a better way to study for the GMAT, and so do I. I created the GMAT Strategy to maximize your results and minimize your efforts so you can get to the fun parts about business school and life as quickly as possible. My name is Isaac Puglia, and I've been teaching GMAT classes and tutoring privately for the GMAT for over six years, and I personally have achieved a 99th percentile score on an official GMAT exam and helped hundreds of students get into the business schools of their choice. I'm excited to be a part of your MBA journey since I think the world can benefit from the best possible business leaders that we can find. And if this show is bringing you value, please share it with your friends and family who are studying for the GMAT so that together we can make this process as easy and painless for as many people as we possibly can. Let's go. Big news. An update to the online GMAT. A significant pair of updates, actually. The first is you can now use a physical whiteboard. And to me, that is a major, major deal breaker for most people. I had previously recommended that people just take the GRE if they needed a score soon because I felt the online whiteboard was a major disadvantage. I now feel that it's worth taking the online GMAT unless you just feel that the GRE or you have experimented by taking a practice test with the GRE and you know the GRE is a better fit for you personally. As far as business schools are concerned, GRE, GMAT, it's all the same. They just want to see you hit in their score range or close. And they do want you to go to their business school because they want your tuition dollars and they want you to be super successful and be brand ambassadors for the school for the rest of your career. So just pick the test that fits for you. If you're not sure how to make that decision, just go to the previous episode on GMAT versus GRE and that should help a ton. But now I feel that the online GMAT and the online GRE are on on somewhat equal footing. So I think if you've been waiting to take the online GMAT or you're curious about it, now's the time to dive in. I will link a whiteboard in the description of this podcast if you are not sure what type of whiteboard is going to work. Essentially, any erasable whiteboard that is 12 inches by 16 inches or smaller is fine. And I would recommend getting your hands on some fine-tipped dry erase markers so that you don't have to be erasing super, super often. And the whiteboard that I'll link comes with a little mini eraser. I would get that as well because they are going to ask you to erase it at the end of the exam. So the key with making this work for you is to practice everything with this physical whiteboard. And that's basically the same recommendation I gave if you were planning to take the GMAT online when the online whiteboard was required. By the way, you can still use the online whiteboard with the GMAT online. It's just that now you can also use the physical whiteboard, which from from my perspective is a much, much better option for virtually everyone, unless you're just amazingly good at writing with your mouse. So just practice all your practice problems with the physical whiteboard you're going to use for the real exam. Do all your practice tests with the same whiteboard. Just get used to it so that it becomes an extension of you and it's no longer a hindrance to your scratch work. I will say that I still recommend waiting to take the GMAT in a physical location if you can. If you need a score sooner or you're just very curious about the online GMAT and you feel it's going to be a good fit for you, I think it's a better option now. But I still think the in-person GMAT is the best option if you can wait. And here's why. I've heard tons of horrific tech stories from the online GMAT. And it's just too bad 
if something goes wrong that's totally out of your control, like an internet outage or the proctor's internet goes out or there's just a glitch in the system, then your exam can be canceled and you might have just burned a few hours. That might have been a really good performance for you. And it's it's just really frustrating. A lot of people have had to wait 15, 20, 30 minutes sometimes, sometimes an hour to start their exam. And I think that's really going to affect your performance. There's just fewer tech issues when you go into the physical center. So basically fewer variables in between you and your goal score. The other thing that I still think makes the in-person GMAT a better option than the online GMAT is you can choose the order of the sections. So if you want to do verbal first, you can do that, which is a major advantage for some people who feel they have a lot of fatigue and for whom verbal is the weakest section. That way you can be the most fresh for the section that's hardest for you that you're trying to peek out. And if quant is easier for you, then that's a nice advantage being able to take verbal first, in my opinion. And then second, you also get a break before the second section. So on the online GMAT, you still have to take the math section first. There is then no break before the verbal section. So you're just going straight for two hours, a little more than two hours actually. And then you get a five minute break and then it's the integrated reasoning section. So I just think the pace of the exam doesn't lend itself to having the optimal performance on verbal unless that's no big deal for you and you've really practiced with it. So that's really the party line with the online GMAT. If you wanna take it, it's a little riskier but it could be worth it. It's definitely worth it if you need to score soon. But for most people who are still applying now who have not yet applied round three to B-School this year, you're probably gonna want to just wait to take the in-person GMAT. Still, it is a significant update. They've extended the online GMAT through July 17th. So you basically have a little bit over another month to take it if you would like it. And my guess is they'll probably keep it around as a permanent fixture, but we'll see. I certainly wouldn't be sad personally if they took it away, but there are accessibility issues that I think do make it a nice permanent fixture for certain types of test takers. And just quick caveat, if you've already taken the online GMAT with the online whiteboard, you are allowed to retake it with the physical whiteboard because of that update. So let me know if you have questions about the online GMAT. You can find me at the GMAT strategy on Instagram slash the GMAT strategy on Reddit and YouTube and Facebook. Let's get into some more actual GMAT questions. So let's start with number 15 from the 11th edition of the official guide. As always, I recommend having some type of paper and pen that you can use to do scratch work as you do these questions with me. If you cannot, then at the very least, take the time to pause the episode and visualize what your perfect scratch work on a question like this would look like. The more you visualize a perfect process, the easier it'll be to implement that perfect process. Problem 15 says, a bakery opened yesterday with its daily supply of 40 dozen rolls. Half the rolls were sold by noon and 80% of the remaining rolls were sold between noon and closing time. How many dozen rolls had not been sold when the bakery closed yesterday? You've been hearing me make this recommendation for weeks now if you've been keeping up with this series. I just recommend making sure you read the whole problem once before writing anything down. And the nice virtue of that strategy on this particular problem is it sets you up for a nice little shortcut later on in the problem. The solution here is really just about transcription, just getting the numbers right on your scratch pad and not making any math errors, not rushing through the problem. More on that in a moment. So what we do is we just 
cut 20 in half because it says half the rolls were sold by noon. And then the question is about how many are left at the end of the day. So we can just discount the first 20 that are sold before noon and there are 20 remaining. Now you can do 80% of 20 and then subtract that number from 20. Or if you, if you realize that they're just asking you for what's left over, then you think, well, if you take 80% of something away, what percent remains? 20%. And that can save you one step. You just go 20% of 20 and you wind up with four. Now Sal in the video does 0.2 times 20. And if you were listening the past couple weeks, I don't really recommend doing decimal math if you can avoid it. If, if you're rock solid with decimals and you got 100% accuracy, great. Keep doing what you're doing. If you're like most people, you're probably going to benefit from using fractions, even if you feel that it's a little slower. That like three seconds that you're going to save by doing a decimal instead of a fraction is completely not worth the risk of missing a question at this level, in my opinion. So I strongly recommend that you always use fractions. You, you visually cancel in the numerator and denominator as you multiply by fractions to make your multiplication and division as small as possible. And that'll give you a major, major advantage. This problem, you might be thinking like, well, that problem's you know, pretty low difficulty level. Like maybe that's not too hard. And that's great if you're in that, that situation. These strategic cues are gonna matter in the hardest question, the most medium question, and the most easy question that you can find. It's just a universal thing, in my experience. Sadly, I see people miss this type of question all the time, all the time. And it is an absolute travesty. I think if there's one thing that could keep me up at night as a GMAT and GRE instructor, it's just thinking that maybe my students' scratch work is not perfect. <laughs> because then all the strategy, all the content knowledge, all the study hours in the world, you'll just never hit your peak score if you're missing questions you know how to do. It is literally impossible by definition to hit your peak score if you're missing questions you know how to do. I think the biggest battle you'll fight for the GMAT is making sure that you get credit for what you know. It's just my opinion. It's just what I've seen over basically a decade of doing that, doing this at, at this point. So I don't want to be too negative about it. I just want you to do it. I want you to realize how big of a deal it is if you haven't already. Uh, so just don't do that to yourself. Don't allow yourself even the opportunity to miss a question like that. There is just way too much on the line if you think about what you're going to invest in your MBA and what the ROI on a really amazing MBA experience is. Number 16, next question. What is the combined area in square inches of the front and back of a rectangular sheet of paper measuring eight inches, excuse me, measuring eight and a half by 11. Eight and a half inches by 11, standard sheet of paper. This is a great example of just how they love to take cheap shots at you with the wording of problems. This, this problem should be easy for GMAT test takers but I, see, I could see a lot of people missing this question because they just don't read the front and back. Or they see the question and they're like, oh, this is short. They start feeling the time pressure and they rush through the question. So here's, here's the best tip I can give you on word problems. Expect tricky wording in every word problem that you see on the GMAT. Just expect it. Just go into the, as soon as the problem shows up and there's words in the problem, think I'm probably going to see some tricky wording. Where is it? Just show me the tricky wording right now and, and be intentional about looking for it because the more you're expecting it, the more you're vigilant about looking for it, 
the less likely you are to actually miss that type of wording and then completely miss a question like this. So here it's just eight and a half times 11, but then you double it because we're looking at the front and the back. So if you go in expecting that type of trick, then you'll probably be good on a question like this. And then it's just scratch work, like I said. So you do two times 8.5, that's what I'd recommend to get rid of the decimal, that's 17. Do 17 times 11, it's probably best to just do 17 times 10 to get 170, and then add 17 to that to get the 11th multiple, and to make life as risk-free as possible. So we'd get 187 as the final answer. Side note, if you're uh, checking out the Khan Academy video, where, where I'm kind of working with Sal parallel with these, he does a really good job with the scratch work on that number execution at the end. He doesn't doesn't rush it. He kind of works it out very visually, and that's what I recommend. I think I think you want your scratch work to be way more intense than you think it needs to be. That that would be the metric that I would recommend using. And just again, don't rush on questions you know. I, I think people, I think overconfidence probably hurts people more than a lack of confidence on the GMAT. I think people think like, oh, I know this. This is easy and they try to rush through it so they can save some time for the harder questions, that's a huge, huge mistake. Just make sure you're getting credit for the questions you know how to do. I'll save you thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours of prep time with that simple tip. <laughs> Last question of the day, number 17. 150 is what percent of 30? Okay, so we're still in the lower number of questions here. I think we're gonna get into some more intense trickery later, but again, I, th I think these tips that I'm giving you, they apply, they apply even more on hard questions than they do even on these, uh, these lower difficulty level questions. But listen, if, if you don't know how to do a question like this, or you're uncomfortable with this type of question, that's completely fine. It's probably been a long time since you've had to do this type of math. Just get a copy of Manhattan Prep's book called Foundations of GMAT Math. Just go ahead and pop that into Amazon or get it at your local bookstore. Even libraries have it if you need to get it for free. Just get a copy of that and work through the whole book start to finish. There is a chapter on percent specifically that'll teach you a good technique for this type of question. And you should know that. You should know how to do this easily. This type of question should become your favorite type of question. You can set up an equation if you like. 150 equals X divided by 100 times 30. And you can solve for X using algebra. Or if you have a more intuitive approach, you can just do 150 over 30 times 100. You cross cancel, you get 500%. That's the answer. Now, interestingly, Sal makes a scratch work error in the actual video. So I would recommend clicking on the, the video link and scrolling to number 17. Let me see where the timestamp is. Somewhere around about eight minutes into the video. Uh, where does he make the mistake? He makes the mistake at seven minutes. So at seven minutes, he writes 30 on his scratch pad as 36. And then he spends like almost a minute on the problem doing it with 36, which is, which is perhaps obviously a much more difficult question <laughs> to answer. Uh, it would be a lot more time intensive. Um, then he has to back up and realize that he's made the mistake. So I, I, I just don't even know how to, to make this more clear, but like this guy's a professional and even he's blowing it with this stuff. So just, just work on that. that. That's kind of the party line for this episode. I know I'm really hammering it. It might be annoying, but honestly, if you're annoyed by it now, you will thank me so much when you're buying your 16th brand new Porsche or whatever you're into, you know, when you're buying your 21 bedroom mansion on the top of a 
hill on Mars. I don't know. You know, you guys with those post-NBA dollars, who knows what you're going to be capable of, okay? Changing the world, hopefully. Hopefully changing the world for the better. But it all comes down to this. I mean, think about it this way. I talk about this in my in-person classes all the time. If I told you that I would double or triple your salary, sometimes even 5x your salary, if I told you I could 5x your salary for the rest of your career, and all I'm asking you to do is take three to six months, couple hours a day, studying for the GMAT, and the only thing I'm telling you to focus on is make sure your scratch work is clear on every single practice problem you do and on test day, that's the only thing you do to 5x your salary for the rest of your life, would you take that deal? I think that's how you should think about this. The ROI on your MBA is probably going to be massive. Do you really want to take the risk that you're going to drop 10 points, 20, 30 points off your score just because your handwriting isn't clear enough? I mean, that to me is just such a fixable thing. And that really brings it full circle on this episode with the, with the online GMAT and why I think the addition of the physical whiteboard is uh, just a major advantage versus the online whiteboard. So anyway, I think I've made my point. Hopefully I've made my point. Hopefully I haven't completely offended you and made you want to stop listening to my podcast. But if that's what you want, I understand, man. I understand. I'm just being heavy handed with these recommendations because I want you to win. I want you to succeed. I want you to not make the mistakes that I make and waste months of your, of your life studying for this exam that should have taken me less than half the time that it did. And I talk to people every day where if they had just followed some of this simple advice from the very beginning, they probably would have been done in 20% of the study hours that they actually invested. I mean, think what, think about what you could do with that time. So anyway, that's it for today. I'm going to be doing my absolute best in the future to make these episodes a little bit more robust when we're going through questions. I know the last few episodes have been a little short, but I just want the recommendations to really sink in. And I also want to make sure that I can continue to do the podcast on a regular basis because uh, just things are heating up in my professional life in a major way. I mentioned I've got the video project on the, the back burner right now, which is exciting. Uh, but things are picking back up with, uh, with our classes at Test Crackers, and uh, I've got more and more people in the GMAT strategy digital video class every day answering some, some pretty intense questions and really helping people out. Um, so as always, uh, oh, sorry. So my time is more constrained, uh, basically, as, as things are heating up, which is a good thing for everyone. I just want to make sure I manage it the right way and continue to do my diligence with the podcast as promised. As always, my greatest hope is that this information will make your studies as easy and as painless as they can possibly be. If you want more tips and strategies for optimizing your performance on the GMAT, just head to thegmatstrategy.com and check out my free video on how to achieve your dream GMAT score in half the normal time and with half the normal effort. The class I offer at the end of that video is a study acceleration class that plugs into any program of study and is a series of videos that you can complete in about three hours because I don't go into all the details of facts and figures and formulas that you need to know so that you can choose the, di the, the books, the digital self-paced class, or the live class or private tutor of your choice, but still have a major advantage when doing so. If you'd like me personally or any of my wonderful colleagues uh, to teach you all the details of the GMAT, including the facts, figures, and strategies in a live class environment, either in person or online, then just head to testcrackers.org or click the link in the description of this podcast to head to testcrackers.org and just pop in TGS, those three letters at checkout, for a nice $100 discount as a result of being part of the GMAT Strategy Podcast.
In the meantime, this is a weekly show, so please subscribe. And as always, everyone, stay positive and stay consistent with your studies. I'll talk to you soon.